So friends, 2024 is going to be the year of sales. This is when all of us, whether you're a service provider, a business owner, regardless of your industry, sales are going to be the focus and your sales software should not hold you back. If you're with me on the focus on sales this year, then I want you to look at HubSpot's Sales Hub. This is going to be your CRM that's going to equip you to do your very best work, just like you're sitting in the pilot seat with easy to use and powerful controls. That's the entire magic of HubSpot Sales Hub. This new sales hub is designed to help you win quarter over quarter. It's got an intuitive prospecting workspace and AI-powered tools that are going to reduce your workload. Managing leads is a lot less like manual labor, and we are all about optimization. That's what you're going to get with HubSpot. If you're with me to close more deals in 2024, then let's get on track. Let's get a head start in Q1. Learn about HubSpot Sales Hub at hubspot.com slash sales. This is the Ops Authority Podcast, where my mission is to break down the backside of your business so you can take the right actions to grow and scale. Hey, I'm Natalie Gingrich, a small business operations expert, and I'm going to give you a front row seat to real solutions that will help you reach the vision that you have for your business, all while equipping you to put out those inevitable pesky fires and those fears that pop up. Listen in for strategies to grow your team, craft the systems and processes that you need for your business, and establish business foundations that you may have skipped over. I know you're ready to do really big things, so let's do it together. Hey, hey, friends, welcome back and happy new year, maybe even more so than welcome back because we are starting fresh and I am all about some new fresh starts and we are kicking off this year, our podcast year with a very special guest, a somewhat new friend and someone who's been very inspiring to me, kind of behind the scenes. We met at an event here in Texas and just had an instant connection which I will or will share with you guys when we get going here. But we're kicking off a brand new year. And I just want to start this year by setting some really strong intentions. And I, you know what, just positive energy, positive vibes as we go into a brand new year. 2024 is a year that I have, I get emotional just thinking about it because it's been the year that since my son started school and you would hear and you would like fill out some some papers and they would say, what's his graduation year? And back in his grade school years, it was kind of like ah, 2024. That feels like forever away. And here we are walking into 2024, the year that he's going to graduate. Yes, my voice just shook because it's so overwhelming. But what a fun journey. What a big year for us. And we're just I'm I'm like in it. I am living the whole like personal and professional and bringing those two things together. And I am reminded on this year, just how and why I started this company. So what a full circle moment as we are kicking off 2024. And yes, all the positive energy, all of the good stuff, not only for you as a business owner, but also as someone who has the ability in your career, whether you're a business owner or whether you're working in someone else's business, but as you as a human being, as the person who gets to be the writer of your journey. And I'm reminded of that that hard and bold decision I made eight years ago to, to prioritize my family and to do this different, to still use my gifts and my skills to create a life that I would be really, really proud of. 
And so as I walk into a very big year for us, I hope that you hear this and you you can identify with how important it is to truly put yourself first. No one else is going to do it. So here's to 2024, a little bit of an emotional Natalie as we get going. So I have the most perfect guest for me, obviously, in my state and also for you. We were very intentional about asking her to join us for our very first podcast of the year because her work is such, it's perfect for all the time because we always need to come back to the space of new and you, but she is fabulous. Her work, her research, her passion, her life's expression is in this particular place that I find is going to be so helpful to all of us as we kick off this new very big year, even though it's big for me, I'm wishing a very big and prosperous year for you too. And not only you and your business, which is why you probably come here, but hopefully you stay here because you get to know me, my life. And you know, it's never been a a place where I have separated those two things. So here's to 2024. And here's to introducing my fabulous guest, Dr. Julia, who you guys, if you don't know her, you're going to well, you're going to know as soon as as soon as she joins us here but you're going to want to follow her and get to know her she has got some incredible work that she is so great at sharing and so let me tell you a little bit more about Dr. Julia so she's an award winning educator and researcher of flow that's a word that we're going to come to many times today and mindfulness at Columbia University she's also the founder of hello flow a Maui-based educational and consulting company. By the way, goals is to get there and see her in Maui. That would be big time in 2024. But this is where she helps high performers, including visionaries, global leaders, public figures, and celebrities get out of the riptide of overstimulation and cruise into their greatest flow state. Her primary work is in clinical research where she has more than a decade of experience exploring the science and psychology of flow to uncover the best and most sustainable flow states. Today, she shares her knowledge and research as a private coach and advisor to high-profile individuals, as well as a sought-after keynote speaker and workshop facilitator for events and retreats across the globe. Dr. Julia has trained companies like LinkedIn and Convene, and has also been featured in places like Forbes, Glamour Magazine, The Washington Post, The Huffington Post, or HuffPost, and many, many more. She is also the host of Flow, which is a podcast that you need to listen to that is going to sit at the intersection of spirituality and science to help the listeners integrate mindfulness, self-awareness, and flow techniques so that they can discover their truest essence and root back to their true selves. Now, once I met Dr. Julia, we had an instant connection, but I I think on my way back from Dallas, actually, I called Alex right away and I said, Alex, we need to make sure Dr. Julia is on our podcast. And then the next thing I did was download the podcast and start listening to it. And so I'm a faithful listener. It's one of those things that pops or one of the podcasts that pops up in my feed every single week. And I love it for exactly what I just read to you guys, really looking at it helps me from a mindfulness place. And I need to be reminded of it. That is not a natural state for me. It may arguably not be a natural state for anyone, but it's it's a practice. And so just having this podcast, honestly, listening to your voice helps me with, with the mindfulness and just becoming more centered. So on the personal side of Dr. Julia, she is very, you know, she's very in tune with running some peaceful retreats. You can also find her walking, surfing, swimming at the beach and playing with her two children as well. So 
that's an important part of Dr. Julia's story. So first, I want to welcome you here. Thank you so much for taking time out today to share your goodness with this audience. Thank you so much for having me. I've been looking forward to this for weeks. Yes. Well, we met at an event that Jordan Gill, one of our, our fan favorites here, but she was hosting an event in, I think it was September in Dallas. So that was just a drive for me. So I made some time. I actually even recorded a podcast here on my takeaways. You inspired me actually on my way back. I listened to yours. That's so awesome. <laughs> yes. So I recorded my outtakes of that event, but one of those was meeting Dr. Julia. It was very informal, but I'm all about getting in person with people. And because I think that you get to see a 360 view, at least a greater view than who you get to hear on a podcast. And so one of the great things was walking away with with a new friend and a new peer that we just had an, you know, an instant bond, which was very strange because our interaction was very, very short. We both were talking about this before we hit record, but one of the things, what did, you asked me a question when we were standing in that circle. Yes. I said, what's exciting you in your life right now? And you gave me the biggest smile and you said, my kids. <laughs> and I said, me too. Yes. And we just talked about our kids and there are different life stages. And it mm -hmm. was just like, I, I didn't even get your full name, actually. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, we were just talking about the brightness of our kids. And I think it was just a centering reminder of, you know, life first, mm -hmm. purpose first, mission first, as opposed to, you know, I think anyone knows how to professionally network at an event. And that was not my intention, nor yours there. It was yeah. to meet people who liked their life, or who were kind of repositioning themselves mm -hmm. with a focus on life. Yes. So that's how quickly a bond can be created as a reminder, just getting in front of people. You don't have to go to big, fancy, expensive conferences and events. Honestly, you can do this within your own actual local network too. But just telling that story just reminds me how quickly, how, how little you need to build real bonds with people. And it's, you know, it's not that you're always going to be alike or you're going to find a similarity. Sometimes you find the differences and just, and just asking, you know, what is lighting you up? And so thanks for asking. Cause that really did open up a new learning experience for me, getting to know you from your podcast. And also just the question that you asked as the intro to this podcast, as I got emotional, you know, it ties back to the question of how we met. Like you asked me, what is lighting me up? Whereas the most of the room would probably have said what was lighting them up in their business because we were in a business event. You know, I, this whole past year of 2023, it was really growing up as a business and then also growing up as, as a person who's come full circle in my motivator for leaving corporate was legacy. It was about coming back and doing life differently for my family. And you know, when, when you're really shipping off a baby to become a, a big man in his own world, it's like, wow, you, this is full circle. And I'm so grateful. We talk about it in this house all the time about how that one big decision of leaving a somewhat comfortable, high earning career to do something very, very outside of my comfort zone has gifted us a, a lifetime of of the pleasures that we wanted. They're not the biggest, they're not they're not the richest, they're not the most grandiose, but I promise you when you hear your kids, if you're doing work that's motivated by legacy and you hear your grown children at 15 and 18 telling you that you did the right thing even though it wasn't the sexiest and the easiest, boy, you're like, "Yes." 
So you caught me in this season and that's where we intersected. But when she asked like, what is working? It's like, man, I could tell you about the cool launches or the hard launches or, you know, how this movement has become more stable and et cetera, et cetera. But at that moment, it was like, man, what is working? I'm fired up for my kids. I'm fired up to to be their mom and and to be leading this journey itself. So that's a little backstory about the two of us. And here we are today, really diving into Dr. Julia's gifts and how she is using them. She's a researcher. Dr. Julia, what you may not know here is our audience. We are learners. We are fact finders. We are researchers ourselves. And so while many of us have gone and studied at the prestigious Columbia, we have that in common. So we love to kind of get to the root. We want to validate. We are very curious people. And so nothing more fitting than talking about flow to an audience who is very structured yet curious. And so yes, <laughs> I would love to, you know, we talked about flow in your intro. Give us the definition of what flow means to you. Yeah, so... I want to say hello, fellow researchers. You are going to feel equipped with not only being a director of ops or in a leadership role in various places professionally, but also personally in your own creative mind today as we're talking about flow. So try to pinpoint different scenarios of yourself finding your flow. So there are a lot of different ways to think about flow, but we often think of it as this place of effortlessness that you are being ridiculously intentional with your time, your energy, and you are challenging yourself. So a lot of people, and you might see some buzz online or in different articles about peak performance, that's a part of flow, but that's actually not sustainable or realistic for most of us. (laughs) For, For me as a mom of two young children, for you in a specific stage where your kids are really needing different levels of support and guidance, I don't know if you remember this, but you said you were so lit up that they've become their own people and they're just like making such cool decisions. Mm-hmm. You talked about that. And I was just like, that's so cool. I want to, I want that to be me saying that about my kids down the road. Right. And I do feel that a little with the one in one in five year old. Mm-hmm. But when you're in flow, you know that it's requiring energy and a commitment, but you're not trying to find your flow in every single thing. I always like to say there's at least going to be 10% in your life that's going to feel out of flow. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's part of your business. Maybe it's the marketing leg of your business. Maybe it's that you have like something a little clunkier, again, out of alignment with within a client relationship or something in your community. We're aiming for that 80 to 90%. And that is enough to be in your flow state. And your flow state is where you can be focused and you're actually activating something in your brain where the prefrontal cortex shuts off. So the cool thing about being, I imagine, I'm not, but I've worked with many director of ops and many systems experts, you are able to do, you find out how to do something and you do it. And so you tend to, sometimes you might overthink, but my experience as an observer and a recipient has been that you do, you do, you create, you complete something. And that means that you're in flow more than you probably give yourself credit. And you're doing something without trying to aim for perfectionism. And you're also not overthinking things. And I want to just say an overarching thank you because we need team members and leaders within our companies 
or our movements or our missions that are in flow. And what you and I experienced when we met was a micro flow state that was a group flow state together, you and me, because we were like, wow, this synchronicity, we're both lit up about the same thing. We're going to be able to connect on this, even if there are other differences or, you know, other topics that come up that we're seeing from two different sides. The group flow state is what a director of ops gets to offer. So that's why a team being able to have that infrastructure of saying, you know, hey, can I do this? And it might not be the same way you as the visionary, you know, you're seeing this, but can I do this? And we see what happens next. Can you trust me? Can you be in flow with me? And I invite you as a service provider to use these words. I think that the likelihood is quite high that someone on your team that is either managing or co-creating with you or working with you, or again, the visionary that you're supporting, the CEO you're supporting, is looking for terms that they can resonate with from their creative vision. And so a flow state means, again, you have some time committed to it. You have some skill level. So for example, I cannot wake up tomorrow and be in flow as a director of ops. If I study, if I attend training, if I do a certification program, there's a likelihood that I could become my own researcher as a director of ops, but it requires skill. It requires a commitment and you want to make sure that you're lit up about it. So that's why people say, well, why can't I be in flow washing the dishes? Choose something you love. If you love washing dishes, choose that as your activity. My assumption is that most of us would rather just have that as an activity, as a to-do, as a chore, but that you'd rather be in flow innovating, solving a problem, you know, running a race with a different pace or adapting to an environment with ease. I could, I mean, this is amazing. (laughs) I, I love all of this and I could take this so many different directions. One thing that tugged me as you were saying this and I, as I was processing, really directors of operations have, and all of us do, but particularly for us, we're the bringer of flow, right? Like, (laughs) I know that's not technically great grammar, but we bring flow. We have the ability, the power, the gift of bringing flow to an organization. And it's so important as we talk about that piece, like that is a gift. That is a gift that I have definitely been able to bring to teams, to bring to businesses, to bring to organizations. It's a gift to, to kind of give it. But today, as we are talking about this, think about you don't have to be responsible to only take this out. You also want to make sure that you're keeping this space and having the practice to bring this in too, right? I think a lot of times we will talk about how we, we're servant hearted. It's so easy for us to serve, serve, serve. And then we look at us and we feel broken, right? We feel inadequate. We feel empty. We feel inundated, right? And so I think that this is just another place for us to look at this word of flow and realize that you have the gift of bringing flow, but you also have the responsibility of doing the work to bring this to you because that's when the gift, the expression of the gift is going to feel so much better and holistic. And really like integrated into your personality. And I think many of us strive to be the same person as we are speaking in front of thousands of people as we are when we're, in my case, you know, changing a diaper, running around after, you know, 
a kid spilling paint everywhere, right? Like whatever is going on, I strive to just be centered and integrated. Why? Because flow requires energy. And if you're wasting energy doing all the things randomly or trying to like save face in your job or in your role, meanwhile, there's a hot mess, you know, privately for you, that lack of integration is going to exhaust you. You are going to burn out. You are going to need to make some harder choices sooner as opposed to just acknowledging, listen, I like to show up this way and I happen to be going through this personally. It doesn't impede my ability to show up professionally in this way. But that acknowledgement and that, that leads to, I always refer to flow as like the zippering of your actions and your values together in a very authentic way so that you really upstand with integrity who you are and who you're becoming both at the same time. Yeah. And all the time, right? It's a continuous expression and knowing that flow is, you know, there's an ebb and flow, right? And so Mm -hmm. I love, I love that. I love that the HubSpot Podcast Network has brought more and more shows to my attention. One of those that I want to share with you today is the Truth, Lies, and Workplace Culture, which is also hosted by the HubSpot Podcast Network. This is a husband and wife team, Al and Leanne Elliott, and they are genius with bringing both theory and practice to help business owners simplify consumer psychology. So yes, there's some science here, but there's a lot of practical information that our high-level operators just like you are really going to enjoy. One episode that I just dove into and listened to, I actually took notes on this, was the human-centric approach to business growth. That's an episode back from August, and it was really, really good. It's all about designing businesses around people rather than the work. As ops leaders leading teams and people, we know how important it is for work to be meaningful and rewarding, and I loved their thoughts on a human-centric approach. So, If you like this kind of content like I do, then you should listen to Truth, Lies, and Workplace Culture wherever you get your podcast. And to give yourself deep compassion and grace when you're not integrated, when you do lose your patience, when you, you know, are frustrated at at your client or at your team and you just need a minute. It's like, remember that your capacity you're a human. And this is, this is sort of the different direction. I would say that that is the edge of my flow research is that I'm not aiming to help anyone become superhuman. I don't believe that's what we should seek. I don't believe that that's sustainable. And I think it sets up expectations that actually harm like future generations to, to seek something that I don't know if that's meant for us. I think we're meant to be really human mm-hmm. and just do as much good as we can with what we've got and not overextend ourselves, right? And so being really intentional about that as you're thinking through what gives you an edge as a director of ops. And I want to give some some personal examples as someone who's received and continues to receive daily support from service providers and director of ops, online business managers who ask the right questions and who whose thought leadership I trust in guiding our team flow, our group flow, so that the business is profitable, it's joyful, it's expansive, it is in a season of rest right now, 
there's so much momentum happening. And I would say at least half, if not more than half, is because of like the trust that I certainly have and that my director of ops has in herself as well. Mm-hmm. And that's flow, right? Flow, you're doing something that you're confident in. And so as a director of ops, if you can channel, you know, you know, you're confident at this one SOP, aim for doing that and, and challenging yourself. Can you do it swifter? Can you do it effortlessly? Can you automate even that? Right. Can you do something to contribute so that there's that ease and release? You are really seen as a trusted guide and support within the ecosystem that you're either hosting or contributing to. Mm-hmm. Tying that to the idea that striving for a hundred percent, which I'm telling you, we kind of suffer with that, right? We suffer with perfection. So that is linked to me to that hundred percent. It's like, oh, I can't be in flow at 80 or 90 because a hundred is quote unquote perfect, right? So realizing this is mine, this is not research back, this is experiential. But when we are putting a hundred as the marker of, of that's the only place that I can get to success or to feel success is at a hundred percent. That is when we start experiencing the hard parts of burnout, exhaustion, overwhelm, feeling undervalued, not being able to speak up, stifled, you know, those, all of those things that I just, you know, they, as I rattled that off, you probably can see yourself in one of those states. I really find that your advice of 80, like strive for the 80 to 90, you know, why do we put the pressure on us? That's a whole different conversation, but you know, I just wanted to say that as a listener here, listen deeply to that. Give yourself the grace and the space to, you may have an idea in your mind of what 100% is, but listen to yourself. How do you feel at 80 to 90? Probably pretty darn good, right? Probably really, really good because we've all been in places of flow equaling 20 to 30%, which is not a very good space or, or feeling, right? And so, you know, if we can strive to get to that 80 and 90 and just hold on to what that looks and feels like for you, because it's going to, it will take on a new look and a new feel as your life changes, as seasons change, as clients change, as your business evolves, as your career changes, but really asking yourself, is this 80 or 90? And equating that to success versus looking at it's got to look like this and I've got to be doing, you know, I'll speak for myself, but I think of, you know, we have an an exercise that we call an ideal week or an ideal life, right? And all of a sudden we start putting numbers to this ideal week. Well, an ideal week for me would be spending this many hours with my children and this many hours at work and this many hours doing marketing at work and this many hours in meetings. And all of a sudden it's become a numerical game that the satisfying part of that is like, oh, we've got some numbers to, to like rely on. But the, the unfortunate downfall of putting numbers to a quote ideal is that that doesn't fit in all stages you set yourself up to be out of flow right away, right? Because we've put an expectation that may or may not be able to be met this week because this week's Natalie is going to need a different version of next quarter's Natalie. I can promise you that Q2 here where Natalie is going to be a wild ride because, you know, my son's graduating and, and it's just a seasonal thing. So thank you for the reminder of 80 
80 to 90 and knowing that 100 is is not needed to be in flow, right? And and to have the the benefits of flow. Yeah. And I want to use that as sort of an example of what you can do and sort of the steps to be in flow. And as you're listening, I want you to envision whatever you want. So it can be related to being a director of ops, but it could be related to something you're excited about, related to anything that really speaks to your heart. And the first step is really acknowledging what you want to be in flow with. So again, just sort of centering yourself, channeling what that is. Is it setting up the breakfast table and just having things ready, ready to go in the morning so there's just not that extra dialogue? Is it something that just sets the day off right? Is it making sure to get for me, it's like five minutes of fresh air before I do anything or talk to anyone? For me, it includes prayer and meditation, something that I really want to foster and that I care about that aligns with my values and the bigger vision for my life. The next thing is you want to make sure that you have the skills to move towards that. So for example, I studied meditation. So I understand certain skills or postures or preparation to be able to meditate. The next you want to, as you go through day to day, is create a sort of ritual and process. As researchers, I want you to measure this. You could start with a week. You could start with a month. I know you might be an overachiever. So give yourself grace. You don't have to tag every day, but just measure how you're feeling as you're pouring your first energy of the day, of the week, of that Monday morning, that, you know, Friday afternoon, if you want to focus on it during the weekend, that you are really focused on where you care about in your flow. And now let's think about if you run every day, maybe you run the same route every single day, or you go for a walk every single morning, and it takes you 19 minutes, you know the loop, it's almost then out of flow because it's so routine. And so I think that's something that gives you an edge as a director of ops is noticing when it's becoming too mundane, that you get to offer your thought leadership, your perspective and say, you know, you know, visionary, you know, CEO, it's been a 90 day cycle. This is a little stagnant. And this is the next key for you is saying, how can we increase again, one to 10% the level of challenge? How can we challenge ourselves? So let's say thinking of a business example, the launch every 90 days. Well, is it stagnant? Is there no fresh energy? Is there something else that you can intentionally disrupt as the director of ops and you can suggest it from your unique thought leadership after measuring, after having the research and you bringing that data to your team and you saying, here, you say, listen, what's this intentional curveball? Well, here are some examples from my other experiences as a director of ops, as an OBM, as a VA, as a team player. And do you know what your visionary and CEO will say? This is going to bring us into flow. Thank you. Or they're going to say, I'm, I'm a little apprehensive. I don't know if it's going to work. And that's where you, again, with your edge as a thought leader, you're in your flow. So let's say you, you've disrupted for 90 days your routine and you're saying, Oh, okay. I had this new walk and now it's 22 minutes. And after a month, it's going to be five minutes, but it's going to be a speed run. You know, just giving examples of the different variables as researchers that we can play with. And so what you don't want to do is disrupt every variable. But as you're finding your flow, you want to be so intentional 
and look for, you know, an easy way to do this is look for the 180. So if you've done, you know, if you every 90 days do a webinar, well, what's a 180 from that? What's the complete opposite? It might be talking to people (laughs) one-on-one. It might be having conversations at a live event. It might be doing something completely different. And you're measuring, so you have the data and you have your lived experience, in this case, as a director of operations, to say, I want to offer this. I have the data. We need something different. And here's data. Here's a solution. Which solution do you want? And those are the opportunities that I can say, I then go to my team and I say, what is your opinion on this? Because guess whose opinion I respect? 10 out of 10 is theirs. I want to see if we're in alignment. And even this morning before this, I was messaging on Slack and I said, we're on the same page. I asked a perspective on a new idea and they shared it honestly. And they had some smart solutions. It's something that I had mentioned many times over the last two years <laughs> and quietly to myself and then more within the team over the last year. And it was just that affirmation to say, of course, I'm going to, I'm going to trust this new solution. But you see, it's a group flow state. If I was just having this internal dialogue on my own, I'd be left ruminating, worrying, doubting, not Mm -hmm. taking any action because in my case, I do, but I'm not the doer. My team, they create, they do. And so I just want to give that sort of as an example. And again, if this is more personal, you can always just intentionally disrupt. You just don't want to mess with everything. Don't wreak havoc. (laughs) But be gentle and bring the data, bring that innovative solution or a couple so that they choose, right? It's not on you. (laughs) You just are offering some solutions you've had experience with. And I think that's just, that's like the enriching experience. And it's sort of why my team structure has shifted to that my team is not made up of so many external influences. It's really like my team, like we, we really flow together Mm -hmm. and it's beautiful. Oh, so much goodness. You really get us, by the way, because that is a very big I love Director Ross. And as a listener to this conversation today, I'm reminded that, you know, we are solution oriented. We're very creative in in lots of things, even though we may not be outwardly creative, but we're very creative when it comes to processes and optimizing and finding efficiencies and gaps. You know, that's where our creativity is seen and felt. But the part is that's your gift and bringing that gift to the team or to the leader or to the organization, that's something that you should realize is a gift for you, right? So it's not just finding the hole or the gap and figuring out how to fix it. We can kind of do that by ourselves, right? But the real, the the way that you can compound that gift is by using that thought leadership that you already have to create the solution. Your thought leadership and creativity lies in spotting or filling or or solving the gap. But the next level of you is bringing it full circle. And sometimes, you know, I know I've been in places in my career and in, in different relationships where I didn't feel at peace or at liberty or valued enough to bring it. But that is truly the difference in having that strategic component of being a director of operations inside of a company. You are valued at that space. The relationship that you have built, the trust that you have built creates an open door for you to step up and to bring those solutions to the team so that 
you can have the ripple effect so that your brain truly does that, that gift that you have that you've been gifted is able to, to come full circle and to serve as a flow state. I love tying your gift to the greater good. And, you know, this is just one very small piece, as you've pointed out, of finding and expressing flow in this business example. But we can do this in lots of, I mean, in relationships and money and, you know, in your home with your, with your children and in all kinds of every single way. But flow is not a hundred percent. And I want to, I want to come back to it is not a hundred percent, right? And all of these different caveats and hats that we wear or plates that we spin or whatever analogy you want to use for us being dynamic humans is that there's going to be different ways that we are looking for flow, solving flow, you know, searching for flow and putting that in into practice. And thank you for sharing the tactical steps because we love those, Dr. Julia. (laughs) And And the step that I see leading to burnout and exhaustion that is skipped is the communication. Mm. So if you're in flow and you're having the best day and you forget to tell your partner or your kids, like, by the way, I'm in this flow state, like, let me stay here. I'm going to be a better parent. (laughs) You will create, you know, more chaos in your, in your family or in your ecosystem. So same resonates with a team. If you're in your flow as the director of ops and you don't communicate that you're like psyched about these five things, even though, you know, you sent the wrong automation to this one thing, you know, that the 10% kind of missed the mark. That's a key element that I think most people miss. And then it leads to resentment, to fear, to uncertainty, again, inner turmoil of burnout and exhaustion. And so I'm curious as an instructor, as a guide, as a mentor, as a teacher to other director of ops as well, if there is sort of that element and focus on how to communicate from the start or have like a regular recurring communication as, you know, leader to leader about, you know, this is the expectation. Let's quit holding up ourselves to an unreasonable expectation because this new era, this current era of business has been and will be human. Mm-hmm. And we all love, you know, whatever new technology I'm, I'm always interested and fascinated, but it's like human means that there's like, there's that heart in it. And I think having very open communication is key to some of the success of our group flow state in my company where it's just like, oh, the wrong automation. Okay. You know, oh, I had two typos. Whoops. Mm-hmm. Moving on. Because I know that the next 90% <laughs> is going to be 10 out of 10 and going to feel so enriched and that I'm not someone who pays attention to those small misses. And I think that perspective as a leader, as a director of ops, like we got to give each other more grace and we've got to open the communication. So whether that's regarding you being constant, you know, in a concentrated focus and in flow or communicating about you know, hey, we're aiming for 80% in December. And that 20%, it's actually not going to cost you much in your bottom line or with whatever thing you're measuring. Because the 80% is going to be so full of, you know, flavor and color and richness that it's, you're not even going to worry about that. So as a director of ops, like, that's the thing that I love hearing. And I encourage my team to say to me are things like, well, like, that doesn't actually matter, right? Mm -hmm. Because 
Because like you're the researcher as the director of ops. You have the measuring tools. You have the data. You have the numbers. You get to come in and say, that doesn't impact our flow. That doesn't impede it. That doesn't enrich it. Those people are going to leave the list anyways or unfollow this anyways or not going to like that no matter what price there was. Mm-hmm. Because we have, like, you're so confident, right? When you're in flow, you your confidence comes up. It increases significantly because your brain, it shuts down that judgment. And as doers, you are naturally more in a flow state because you do without judging yourself first. And so just like starting with the, like if you're interviewing soon or you're having that conversation about a raise or a new title, present this as part of who you are. I would rather hire someone saying 80% of the time I get it right and this is what it does as opposed to someone who's like, I can learn anything fast and it's 10 out of 10 all the time. I'm not going to buy it. I'm not going for it. Yeah, that's a fabulous reminder. I'm a big, big proponent of, and certainly the way that we educate the women who choose to join us. And, And even here on this podcast is, you know, when you're looking for new opportunities, new leaders, new businesses to work with new industries, it doesn't all of that. Insert whatever you want to after here. I am all about a two-way relationship. And from the very first interaction I have, I am looking for, is this going to be two-way? You only start thinking about a two-way relationship when you are exercising thought leadership and individual leadership, right? Because, you know, when I look back in my career, I was, you know, butts in seats. I know that's a very corporate way of looking at things, but I just needed a paycheck. I just needed to show up to do my job, to get paid and to go home. I wasn't deeply invested in the work that I was doing, but I was a great employee because you could depend on me, right? But as I started to elevate in my thought leadership, it was about making sure that I was around people who valued me as a human being, who we shared values. They don't have to be the exact, but we have to have an appreciation of each other's values. That's what pulled me and you together, right? And so, you know, this is in every relationship, just, you know, not just in a business relationship, but certainly what we're talking about today. So I love that this is going to be fresh, that this is going to be, I hope as you are listening to this today, as we embark on a new year that promises many great things for yourself, that you are going to be able to be the driver of that. And this conversation has been a reminder to you of how you can cultivate this and how you already have what it takes to make this happen for yourself. Because we're not searching for 100%. We are looking for 80 to 90. And to summarize this, you know, I, I feel like Dr. Julia has reminded us that showing up as the truthful, hey, I'm going to bring 80%. And my 80% is going to be so impactful to you, to this organization, to the growth, to the ripple effect, whatever it is, to the mission, to whatever it is that that you want to work around, showing up as the 80% because the people who show up and say, I'm going to get this right 100% of the time, put 100 pounds of pressure on yourself. And then that flow state that you're bringing is not a promise that you can really stand on. And I think that that's, there's a lot of work that we have to do because we, as I've alluded here, we, we tend to think in totality, right? We tend yes. to think of a hundred or bust. And we have to work on that. We have to to really buy into 80%, 90% is excellent, right? That's where we avoid 
the downfall of of seeking a hundred. So thank you so much for this conversation. This is so good. I'm so glad. I'm so excited for 2024. And to your point, like flow is already within you. It's not something you have to buy or train in or research like me. It's within you. You get to tap into it. You get to use it as a vessel to transport you into these creative states or into these more, you know, higher leadership roles to do something complex, to challenge yourself. And throughout this year, you know, I'm, I'm not surprised that this is a big year for you, Natalie. And it is for me as well. Like this four year cycle, it is the leap year coming up, right? There's like a new opportunity that I just want anyone listening to know that there is a new possibility. And if it doesn't show up in January, February, March, like it might show up next December, but just ride the waves, center yourself in your flow, slow it down, keep it real, right? I think this is the year of keep it real and heal while you're helping others heal, help while you're getting help, right? All of the above and just exude that gentleness and that grace. And I I just know good possibilities are coming your way if you stay open-minded you know, so, so stay positive. And, and I do have just a really like this, this hope for this year. I, I think it's going to be a good year for a lot of people. Yes. Happy 2024 to to all of us. And I, again, just as I started, I, I hope that all of you guys reap lots and lots of, of blessings that are adequate and recognized by you because it's so easy to just take them for granted because we are doers. We are people who create masterfully beautiful lists and we get them done. But, you know, in this season of newness, I hope that you take a second to to just reevaluate what you bring, how valuable you are, that your value is is likely going to come back to your greatest gifts, not in how much you accomplish. I saw somewhere today impact over intensity or I think Mm. that was it. And I was like, whoa, that is so good because man, like I know seasons of my life have been intense and I have driven it, right? Because it was just like, it was forced and that's what I think of intensity. And so I hope you find the exact opposite. I hope that you look at yourself this year and you say, these are my gifts. Maybe you're going to have to course correct who you have been and how you have shown up or what your offer looks like or the relationships that you are currently in. Maybe you're going to need to revitalize those, but it's all within you. It is all within you because you have been given gifts that if you're listening to this, you know you have the gifts, right? Because this is a very specialized podcast. You already know that you're an awesome operator. You know that you are that you are on this earth to bring your specific skill and you're a servant. You want to take that gift and share it. So I hope that you can become in real flow with the gifts that you've been given. And, you know, even greater than that, that they are recognized, appreciated and valued by the people that are are in your space. So Dr. Julia, tell all of our friends here how they can find you because they're going to want to come to your podcast after this for sure. Join me over at the Flow Podcast. It's Flow Podcast with Dr. Julia Colangelo. It's a long name, but just flow. You'll probably find me. I'm over on Instagram. I share a lot of kind of silly and funny and fun and some serious behind the scenes because I definitely am committed to walking the walk of like keeping it real. And again, cannot stress enough the invitation to do the same, no matter what roles or different identities you carry to just honor 
honor all the parts of you this this coming year. I think this is a, a powerful intention for all of us. You can join. I have a fun researching nerdy newsletter that goes out every week called The Wave and it's the weekly wave and I share how I'm riding the waves and how clients are and friends and distill different research into kind of just interesting questions and journal prompts. But yeah, just feel free to reach out. We are a small but mighty and heart-filled team at HelloFlow. So reach out and you will hear from us. And I just want to thank you, Natalie, for inviting me here. And I, and I want to thank each of you that is a director of ops for your leadership, because without you, we would not be in flow as CEOs or com- you know company leaders. And we really are counting on you on sharing your gifts. So I echo everything you said, Natalie. And I just want to thank you for just offering your gifts because it is half of the pie. And I'm just so grateful that we all have different gifts, <laughs> honestly. So yes. yeah, thank you. Awesome. Well, thank you for kicking off our 2024 with such a powerful podcast. And I, I know that it's important for me to hear this message. And I know that I'm surrounded by thousands and thousands of friends who who have the same the same desires. And so thank you for bringing that to us today. And I hope you have a fabulous 2024. Thank you for investing just a little bit of time to listen to this episode of the Ops Authority Podcast. I am so grateful to be surrounded by real action takers like you who are invested in growing their business through operations. Will you add one more action to your to-do list today? Visit theopsauthoritypodcast.com where you can join our community of business owners and other ops experts. You're going to hear from me in a week, but in the meantime, do big things on the backside of your business.